Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to a positive episode of the Talking Blues Podcast. I'm Josh, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Peter and Alex. And before we get started, Chelsea is moving on to the quarterfinals of the UEFA Champions League, a 2-0 win against Atletico Madrid, which put the aggregate at 3-0, if that even mattered. Man, the matching goal of Conte, hands down, it's over, it's done. Let's play our clip from uh, last episode and get it out of the way. For that, But I think you can't really bench him here. And I think in my score prediction... I've been talking so much about him. I think it'll be a 1-0 win for Chelsea, and I think Giroud will get our lone goal, and I think we'll progress through this run. This is so tough. Um, One of the hardest score predictions, I know I feel like we say that a lot, but one of the hardest score predictions I've had to do so far having this podcast, and and it's uh, so tough. Um, Nil-nil. I think it's really going to be that type of game. Um, We saw it against Leeds United this weekend, obviously. Atletico Madrid... Bit of a different team than Leeds United is, but I don't know. I just think we're just going to stay as solid as we can at the back, and I just we, we've seen it before. I think we'll see it again. Edouard Mendy, solid in net. Nil-nil. Chelsea progress into the next round. It's This is really tough, but yeah, I, I don't see I don't want to project any goals from any team, so just nil-nil. I'm going to go 1-1. Um, I think they're, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult for us to concede it's going to be difficult for them to concede but they're we're both going to be open um and i i think you know atletico is going to be pushing all their men forward especially if it gets late and they're still behind um chelsea obviously on the counter attack will have quite a few chances as well i'm guessing i'm going to go one one chelsea still progress through um no need for the away goals and uh hopefully that is right because you know i really want to get through the next round we've been stuck in the round of 16 for the past couple of years um, getting some really tough opponents. Obviously, Atletico is also a really tough opponent. Um, so I'm really hoping we can get through and hopefully get an easier draw um, in the uh, quarterfinals. Well, Alex, both of both of your dreams have come true uh, as Chelsea has progressed to the quarterfinals for the first time in a couple years, like he said. Uh, I think it was like the first time since 2012 is what I saw. And then we got a good draw as well. Um, we're going to be playing FC Porto in the next round, who faced Juventus and beat them. So, you know, that is interesting. But I think one of the easier teams to get out of who's left. And then 
whoever wins this uh, quarterfinals match will play the winner of the Liverpool, um, the Liverpool. Oh my God, I can't think of the other team name. The Liverpool Real Madrid game, excuse me. Uh, so, and then we have Bayern PSG is also going to be playing, and then Man City Dortmund uh, is the other team. So. Very exciting stuff. I guess your thoughts on the game, your man of the match, just whatever you guys want to say, just get it out. Uh, I guess I'll start with I'll start with the draw because I mean that's like that's like what you were just talking about, and I mean let's not let's not mix up any words here. It is by far the best draw we could have gotten. I mean, Porto is definitely a team every team wanted to face, they're going to probably be the easiest game. No disrespect to Porto, they looked incredible against Juventus, but I'd much rather play them than playing Man City or Bayern. And then in the semi-final too, I mean, you could argue that the only team worse than Real Madrid and Liverpool is Dortmund. And, and we basically, every single option is a good one. Assuming we win, obviously. Assuming we win against Porto, I'd be fine with playing Liverpool or Real Madrid. And honestly, I might even prefer playing Liverpool because we've seen that we can actually beat them and beat them well. We obviously played really well against them. So, I mean, the draw was very good. But, I mean, I'll talk about the game that got us to the draw, I guess, if you want to put it that way. And, I mean, it was just everybody played extremely, extremely well. Like... I would I wouldn't say there's any player who didn't play well. So I mean, I don't I don't really need, need to go in that into detail because there's not that much I need to say. It's just we played super super well. Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, Hakim Ziyech, they all linked up for a goal. It was an incredible counter attack. Christian Pulisic got an assist. Emerson got a goal on the first touch of the game. That was cool to see. I mean everything. I mean everything just worked for us. During the game, I mean, I guess that's how you could say it. It's just like, no matter what we did, it was looked good. Our defending was incredible. Suarez got completely, completely like zeroed out by Zuma and Rudiger. They played Zuma. Talking about Zuma, I, 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 I kind of want to give. I, I think Conte was the man in the match. Realistically, I think that's undisputable. But I do want to give Zuma my co-man of the match, my special thank you because Christensen. Obviously, Zuma didn't knew he wasn't going to start. I mean, two days ago in training and probably before the game. And then Christensen gets sick, didn't feel well. Zuma has to go get thrusted into the starting lineup. And I mean, he performed really, really well for really just from out of nowhere having to start in such a big game as this. Uh, Mendy, and then I'll talk about the rest of the defense. I guess Mendy again played well, made a great save towards the end. But yeah, everybody just played well. I mean, that's pretty much all you have to say about it. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Peter. Uh, you know, before we get to the game, like Peter did as well, um, I'm going to go to the draw. The draw really worked out nice for us. We talked about how we didn't want, you know, at least privately, maybe not on the podcast. I'm not sure if we talked about it, but the path to the final is also important, right? You know, the two teams we really don't want to face is Man City and Bayern and then PSG probably. And all three of them are not in our path. Um, so that's a really good thing there. So I'm liking that. Porto, I think it's going to be a tougher game than we expect. I think they're a solid team. Juventus isn't, you know, maybe they're not on great form, but they are still a good team. So I think we will struggle against them. I don't think they're a pushover at all. Um, so th- that'll be difficult. 
Liverpool, Real Madrid, that's definitely an interesting match that we'll have to keep an eye on. Real Madrid have been in poor form recently as well. Um, and Liverpool, obviously, we know haven't been doing well either. But in the Champions League, they've been uh, looking more like themselves. So hopefully, you know, they they come in to playing us if we, some, if we win against Porto uh, on bad form. And maybe we can nick our way to the finals, um, which would be a really cool achievement. And then in the finals, you know, if you're playing against, I know I'm getting way too ahead of myself here, but if you're playing against Bayern um, or Man City, you know, over two legs, I'd say it's pretty much impossible that we would beat any either of those two teams. But in one leg and one game, you know, you never know if we can nick a winner there uh, and, and win the finals. So I like the path for Chelsea. In terms of the game, I really liked what I saw. Um, we played extremely well. I thought everyone on the pitch put in a shift. Um Conte obviously was extraordinary. Uh, you know, Kovacic put in a good shift. Uh, you know, Kurt Zuma and Rudiger, obviously they had their little tussle with uh, with that red card with Savage. Obviously, Rudiger kind of going down a little bit easily there for that red card. But I love a little bit of Rudiger when he's kind of, you know, trying to wind up the opponents. It made me quite happy. I was laughing. And when he, uh, in the beginning of the game, when he absolutely like rammed into Luis Suarez, uh, who, you know, is not my favorite player. Uh, in the world, I'll just say that, uh, and flattens him onto the floor. That made me pretty happy and gave me a nice smile. So Rudiger has really been doing well recently as well. Uh, Mendy with a couple of very good saves. And in general, you know, on the attack, on the counterattack, that play, that Ziyech goal, Kai Havertz, to Werner, to Ziyech, all the new signings linking up um, to put our first goal on the score sheet. So I, I really like the performance. And obviously Emerson coming on late and getting his goal with the first touch that he had on the pitch. So, uh, in general, great performance. 3-0 on aggregate. We're going through, um, and I'm excited to see, you know, how we do in the next uh, in the next round. Yeah, just a great performance by everyone. Uh, it's just crazy. I mean, give the man of the match to Thiago Silva in the stands, <laughs> if you really want to be honest. I mean, great seeing them celebrating, Jorginho Mount and, and Silva, who is basically leading the players from up top. Um which is really cool to see. I mean, shows the friendship of the team. Um, and we'll face Porto in a bit, I, I think. Um, and we obviously have an interview uh, in, in a bit with Dom, the YouTuber. So we'll obviously talk with him about it and all that stuff and preview the Sheffield match with him. So I guess we'll just go to that now if you guys are okay with it. We'll, we'll go to the FA Cup quarterfinal against Sheffield United. Um, and and I'll, I guess I, I'll start with my man in, in the net, and that's going to be Edward Mendy. And then at the back, I have, I think, to be honest, Tuchel is going to put out his best lineup, to be honest. I said to be honest twice, but Asby, I have starting. Zuma, I have starting. Christensen, I have starting, uh, you know, our three center backs. I actually differ with that because I feel like, I mean, it's 50-50 with Tuchel. You, you really have no idea what he's going to do. But, I mean, I think this game is probably for, like, the rest of the season the only game that we're going to be able to have people we're actually going to have players like that aren't like our best lineup where starters on the team should be able to play at least for a while so i mean i think you kind of have to give some play time to some of the players that aren't really usually on the team sheet so i think for me kep is going to be in that and then along the back i think it's going to be christensen zuma and spice it up a little bit and let's go emerson so for me, I'm going to go Kepa on net as well. He's been playing in these FA Cup ties 
Um, and I believe usually during the FA Cup, at least until you get to the final or so or the semifinals, you kind of stick with the same goalkeeper throughout that competition. I think Tuchel will do the same thing. I think Keppel will start. Um, in my back line, I think as P gets a rest, it'll be Rudiger, Christensen, and Zuma um, for me in my back three. And my two wing backs, Emerson coming off that goal, I think he'll get the start. Um, Chilwell obviously going out on international duty with England um, the following week, so he'll probably not be starting is my guess. Um, CHO on the right side, right wing back, um, and in my center midfield, I think there's just not enough options that we have, so I'm going to say Jorginho and Kovacic, um, and that's going to be my midfield. For me, I think... Actually, disagree. I think we do have op. I mean, we don't have options, but we do have one option, which is starting Billy Gilmore. And I think we're going to do that in this game. I think Billy Gilmore and Jorginho will be the two across the middle. I think Callum Hudson and Doy will start at right ring back, and left wing back is tough because I don't really know who to put there. I mean, you could put Alonso, you could put Chilwell, you could even spice it up, like I've been doing, and put like Christian Pulisic there. But I think you have to. I think you put. I think you put Chilwell there. <laughs> no, 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 I I can't get too crazy with it. Chilwell there. All right, so I'll I'll go to my my men my men in the middle here. We'll have Chilwell starting at left wing back. Jorginho makes his return. Obviously was could uh, was out for the Champions League match, so I'll have him making his return. Kovacic, Reese James, uh, and then I'm just I'll keep going. Um, I I think Havertz is going to start in this game. He played pretty well, so. Like I said, every player played pretty well. So I'm going to have him starting in this match. And then Mason Mount making his return. And Olivier Giroud starting at striker. Going to my front three. I'm either, this is either going to look like I'm a genius next uh, next time we record. Or I'm going to look very, very stupid because I'm once again spicing it up. I think, I think Mason Mount will definitely come back in the side. And I think uh, I looked at some quotes from Tuchel's press, eh, press conference. And he seems to really like Tino Andrin as a player. So I think he will get a surprise start here in this game as one of like the cams or right-wingers, left-wingers, one of them. And I think up top, Tuchel also said in his press conference that Tammy Abraham, uh, he was confident that he would be in the squad. I'm not sure if he'd start, but I think, I think if Tammy Abraham is fit and he's 100%, he will play this game as striker. But if he isn't fit, I'll go with Kai Havertz to start up there. So, yeah, Tammy Abraham, Gino Andrew, Mason Mount, maybe Kai Havertz if Tammy Abraham can't play. Yeah, I was listening to uh, Tuchel's press conference as well, Peter, and I heard what he was saying about uh, Andrew as well. And I was tempted to put him in here. Um, so I-, I was thinking about putting Andrew on the left-hand side, Pulisic in the false nine, and Mount on the right-hand side. But I don't think Andrew's going to start. I think he will get time in the game off the bench, though especially if we are winning. Um, I'm going to have Christian Pulisic on the left-hand side, Giroud up top, and Mount on the right-hand side. Um, And that's going to be my front three. My score prediction, I'm going to go with a 1-0 Chelsea win. I don't think, you know, we're not flying in with the goals, right? Uh, The only reason I think we scored two goals on Atletico, obviously, is they had to get back in the game. They left themselves extremely exposed. They had a red card. I mean, it was was pretty obvious that, you know, we were going to score another goal there. I, I think Sheffield... You know, they've been on better form recently, obviously bottom of the Premier League table, but they have been on better form recently. Obviously, they lost to Leicester 5-0, but I think they put up a little bit of a better fight in this competition, um, you know, to salvage something out of their season, considering they're pretty much 
doomed to go down to the championship. I'm going to go with 1-0, and I'm going to go with an Olivier Giroud goal. I actually completely disagree with you, Alex. I think that, that, I mean, okay, I don't completely disagree. I think they will put up a fight, but I don't think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be, I think if we were actually good at scoring goals, I think it easily could be 4-0, but I don't think we're good at scoring goals, so I'll go 3-0 instead. But I mean, I don't, I don't think, I mean, it, my lineup has a lot of players you don't start in, so it's possible it would be like something like 1-0 because there's not that much chemistry. But I mean, the Sheffield United team is not very good and our team is very, very on form. So I think, I think we just, I think it's not going to be close. I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I could completely regret this, but hopefully not. I think 3-0. You know what? We'll all differ on the score prediction and you know what? That's, that's, that's fine. Well, we'll do that. 2-0, Chelsea win. Uh, I think they get the win um, against Sheffield United. We move on in the FA Cup, just like we moved on in the UEFA Champions League. So after this, here, here's a deal I'll inform all of you listeners, if you don't know already, that Chelsea is going to be off for a little bit um, after this, about a week or two, a, week, a two-week period after this match. So you know what? I'll, I'll, talk with, I'll talk with Alex and Peter, and we'll see what we can do. Maybe we, maybe we do another, uh, rank, uh, another Chelsea trivia. I'm guessing that's what we'll probably do. And if not, we'll do more rankings. But definitely one of those um, things that we try to switch up from time to time when Chelsea's off. But I think we'll do another Chelsea trivia as long as they're into it. Um, So look forward to that next week. But for right now, we still have an interview with Dom, so I'll go to that now. We are back now and joined by a very special guest, The Grand Dam. You can subscribe to him on YouTube and obviously follow him on Twitter by the same name, The Grand Dam. Dam, very exciting right now. We're, you know, we're making it onto the quarterfinals in the Champions League, and we have Sheffield United match this weekend, which is not as big as obviously getting Porto in the draw and then facing either Liverpool or Real Madrid if we're able to make it to the semis. Just right now, how how high are you on the scale from low to high on, like, exciting Chelsea stuff right right now. Well, listen, listen. Big up for having me on your podcast, you understand. Man is exceptionally excited to be here, you understand. And speaking about my football club, Chelsea FC, things are banging, bruv. You understand? Things are banging. Things are amazing right now. The Chelsea fans, all smiles, all 32, all 32 teeth shown. You know I'm coming from? No sadness, no despair, no nothing. So I'm exceptionally excited. You know I'm coming from? We've got Sheffield United, FA Cup settings are all that we need to go and try and win that trophy. You've now got Porto in the Champions League. A very nice draw. Like I said, Chelsea have been blessed for the first time in years. So why wouldn't you be excited? Tell me why. You need to be. 100%. See, Josh is always one of the neg. He always likes to think the negative. He's never able to do the positive a lot of the time. So he's just mm. always skeptical. So that's why. But I'm extremely excited. Um, mm. You know, it's been a long time since we got past the round of 16. You know, yeah. I, what is it, since 2014, I think? Yeah, it's like seven Crazy. years, yeah. We've been getting tough draws after tough draws. I mean, we got another one this year, but luckily we kind of hit them when they were on bad form. Um, so we were able to go through pretty easily. Just your thoughts on that game um, or the second leg. I mean, it was a pretty good performance. Yeah, scintillating, you understand. Exceptional, top class champion worthy that's what that was and at the end of the day i keep telling people in the champions league the just the quality of squad can only take you so far is the managerial impetus is the is the classic like tactical preparations from your manager and thomas tuku 
is the first Chelsea manager in a very long time that decided to come at a game using their own tactics. Do you know where I'm coming from? Tuchel didn't say, because it's Atletico Madrid, we're going to sit back and defend. He said, none of that. Less of that, bro. We're going to come in and we're going to actually attack people on the front foot. So, once again, looking at how Chelsea performed against Atletico Madrid, you had the likes of um, Hakim Ziyech scoring his goal, Emerson scoring, you had Kante with a world-class performance, Rudiger exceptional performance as well, you understand, put Luis Suarez in the dog cage where he belongs, kept him all locked up and all of that, so literally that game was excellent, it was very excellent from top to bottom, obviously a few elements such as finishing could have been very much improved, but Tuku knows this, he knows this, and that team right now, they are, look, they are, doing, they are looking like a team that are going to go very, very far, and once again, very happy that we're through to the next round, it rarely happens, so First time in seven years, like I said. So we're out here, man. We're out here. Good stuff. And I was watching your live stream. And I mean, Alex did mention I am the negative person. But when you go, you and MAH, when you're on the live stream, you guys do have to, you lift me up, right? Positive or negative yeah. results. I mean, you guys are always, you know, you're sipping the apple juices. I love what when you guys do that. Uh, That's but- not apple juice, by the way. Let me just put that on there. <laughs> it's for the YouTube algorithm. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, go on, my bro. Of course, of course. But uh, I mean, you were talking about it. It's like the new signings over the summer. You have Ziesh, Werner, and Havertz all connecting on that goal. And it was so nice yeah. to see. I mean, just talk. Yeah. I mean, if you could talk about that a little bit, how you know their their seasons have gone. But then at this point right now, we're not seeing Werner, you know, scoring like what he did at Leipzig, a tremendous amount of goals. But they're kind of clicking, right? They're getting to that point. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with this team, right? Um, at the start of the season, and once again, I praise people in isolation. I took that from Matisse. Big up to MAH. But at the end of the day. Hakim Ziyech recently hasn't been in the best of form. Do you know what I mean? He hasn't been so exceptional. Like, obviously, he came round and scored that really good goal. Do you know I'm coming from? It reminded me of when we played the game. Was it Benfica with Didier Drogba scoring the goal? Or was it Napoli? I can't remember which game that was. But very, very similar goals. And then you have Kai Havertz. Recently, obviously, we know what happened with him and coronavirus and all those different things. He got all of that. And I wasn't expecting him to hit the ground running. Timo Werner hasn't really scored a lot of goals, but... Once again, I tell people in the Champions League, things change. There's a reason why it's the Champions League, the league of dreams, the league of potential, the league of things, random things just happening. So at the end of the day, they all linked up very nicely to get that really good goal. Do you know what I mean? Havertz delivering a very good ball to Timo Werner up front on his weaker foot. And Werner himself beat one of the defenders and on his left foot, weaker foot, by the way, puts the ball into Hakim Ziyech, who scores a good goal. Do you know what I mean? And that goal basically put the nail in the coffin. Atletico Madrid's coffin. There was no coming back from that. And you could see from them attacking so much that um, Emerson was able to pick up a goal. True say, if they were more clinical, they would have scored way more goals against Atletico. But hey, it's one step at a time. It's definitely one step at a time now. But now, Reese, I just hope they can keep up that good form because Havertz, from the last three, four games, he's shown that he can do something very good. Werner has been working hard, but he needs to start scoring goals. And Hakim Ziyech, I've been extremely critical of him. He's just, he just turned 28 yesterday as of the time of recording. Just turned 28. And he hasn't really been on it that much. But hey, in the grand scheme of things, um, our attackers, I have to give them one season to gel. And the next season is where we're going to get the um, actual criticisms or praise. That's for me. Yeah, so you mentioned the Champions League and the difference, right, between the Premier League and the Champions League. There's some players who can perform in the Champions League. Obviously, you know, when you're playing in the Champions League, it's usually slower paced. Um, and in general, I think someone like Ziyech struggles in the Premier League with the pace of the Premier League, the physicality. Whereas I think in the Champions League, he he seems to flourish a little bit more. You know, same with Werner, same with Havertz. 
I, I think, you know, when they were coming from Germany, right, the Bundesliga, I think, is a lot more similar to the Champions League and the way people play um, than the Premier League. Mm. I mean, I definitely hear where we're coming from. I definitely hear that. But in the, at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. Do you know what I mean? In the Champions League, things are just different. And, like, one thing we need to remember is when you play in the Champions League, there's way much more to play for. Chelsea, in that time, we had... See, if Chelsea had lost against Atletico Madrid, everybody would have been disappointed. If we lost in the first leg, it would have been a different conversation because there wouldn't have been a chance. But those Chelsea players went into that thing. You've got Thiago Silva. He doesn't have a Champions League trophy. N'Golo Kante doesn't have a Champions League trophy. Giroud doesn't have a Champions League trophy. Rudiger doesn't have a Champions League trophy. Aspi doesn't have a... So all these older players are going to push every single one of them. And everybody wants to look good on the biggest stage. You know, this is the biggest stage about the World Cup in world football. This is the second biggest stage bar of the World Cup. So everybody's going to come on and do their absolute best to impress are not just their teammates and their fans, the fans from other clubs. Hakim Ziyech's performance against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge where he put in that beautiful ball to Quincy Promise and he scored that excellent goal. is literally, that's what signed him Chelsea. That's what got him at Chelsea Football Club because of his performances in the Champions League. So at the end of the day, I hear you for physicality and Ziyech has definitely suffered from that, getting injured quite frequently. Werner is getting used to physicality and Havertz is getting used to that as well. But at the end of the day, you also have to factor in the fact that in the Champions League, people will put in their A game. Do you know what I mean? You will put in your A game. It's like having mock tests and actual tests. If you have a mock test, you're not really going to put in that much. But when you have an actual test, you're going to give you your all. So that's what they did against Atletico Madrid. They gave it their all. Their all wasn't the best in the sense that they could have finished off way more chances, but they were 100% going to give it their all in that game. So, yeah. I guess just going after Frank Lampard and, and after his leave, his, or after him leaving the club, or not really leaving the club, but, but getting uh, dropped from the club, and now having Thomas Tuchel coming in, do you think he's really like putting in the mentality of, you know, the the defensive mentality, I think, and just setting the tone for, for this club and how you think a lot of people are saying like Tom Tuchel, uh, Thomas Tuchel, right? Unbeaten with Chelsea right now. Do you think it's more him? Yeah. Do you think it's more of the players? Do you think it's both? What do you think? It's definitely, so a lot of, obviously the manager bounce at the very start gave this a bit of energy. Do you know I'm coming from? It definitely gave it a bit of energy, but at the end of the day, like, Thomas Tuchel as a tactician is one of the best. He is one of the best. He's making... Remember, and this is no dig at Frank Lampard. Lampard made us feel like our squad was not good enough. Tuchel has come in and said... He's taken that squad with open arms and he's just said, you know what? These guys are good enough to do many, many things. Many, many things. So, for me, I'm just sighted thinking Tuchel as a manager and as a tactician is an excellent fit for Chelsea right now. People are talking about the squad being too big, but he's keeping them everybody happy. He's getting certain people like Kepa involved. He's getting Rudiger playing like a world-class centre-back. Antonio Rudiger. He's making Rudiger look world-class. You know how mad that is? That is ridiculous, bro. So at the end of the day, like, Tuchel is definitely, you got to give Tuchel a lot of credit, a lot of credit, because these same world-class individuals were looking very, very bang average under Frank Lampard. You know what I mean? They had their few moments of brilliance, like Sheffield United, 4-1, Hakim Ziyech and all that. But at the end of the day, Tuchel has come in and has made us a very solid team. And not only that, once the team starts scoring goals, a lot of people are going to be afraid because Chelsea keep a lot of the ball. We're very good defensively, but a lot of people mix up with being good defensively with being a defensive team. Chelsea are not a defensive team. We're just very good at holding the ball. So once we start scoring goals, boom, boom, clap. Everybody's finished. Let me just put that back. I've been clear, fam. Yeah, so for me, you know, obviously it was really sad seeing Frank Lampard go. You know, watching him and then him becoming, you know, Chelsea manager a few years later. Uh, I mean, that must have been upsetting for you as well, I'm assuming. Like, I, I know we're all happy now, but do you still miss Frank Lampard? 
people are not going to like this reply, but absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Not because I don't miss what's going on, but I miss the fact that our legend is no longer here. Do you know what I mean? I miss the fact that I've agreed super Frankie Lampard. Do you understand? He's not here. He's not actively in the dugout. We didn't get to see him too often because we, that's one thing. The pandemic obviously shortened that time with him on the touchline as well. Going to the stadium, seeing him shout, connecting with the fans. It's all gone now. It's gone now. We didn't get to see too much of it. But in, as, a, as a strictly Chelsea thing, as a team thing, and not think having any sympathy whatsoever... I don't miss it because obviously things were very bad when he left. Things have improved massively right now. And Tuchel has done so much to actually make us start to forget him. Nobody thought, I don't think any of us here thought we we're going to be getting to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. When we got Atletico Madrid, all of us were shitting ourselves. Nobody thought we we're going to get this far. Look at us, we're going to the FA Cup tomorrow. We could potentially win the FA Cup. Nobody thought we we're going to do that under Lampard. So many things have changed. We're, we're like 7th, 8th, ninth under Lampard. Now we're 4th, solid in 4th place. So many things have changed. So many things to smile about. So... I know a few people are definitely upset that he's still not around. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to be evil or anything, but that's just the way the game is. You understand? That's just the way the game is. And Chelsea Football Club always want to be at the top of the things that they do. And Lampard wasn't doing that for us. So we had to move on. Um, you, you mentioned the FA Cup. You think tomorrow Tuchel goes with something crazy. You think like you think we see Kepa in net, which is not too crazy to say, actually, because this season he's been pretty good when we've seen him in net. You think he goes there, he puts like Emerson at left wing back, which is also not too crazy, but you think he switches it up because that's what we've been seeing. He's taken players like Marcus Alonso, starting them for the first time in the season or in months, scores a goal in that first game. So it's like, you think he does something like that, switches it up tomorrow? Um, The thing is, I want us to treat every game we take from this point onwards as a final. I want us to treat every single game as a critical game. I don't want us to look at any game as, oh, you've got some people on Twitter telling me, oh, Billy Gilmore should be starting. Andrew should be starting. Junsu Sopbel, Spoon Knife and Fork should be starting. Absolutely not, bruv. I'm not trying to see that. I'm not trying to see that. If Tuku crashes out of the quarterfinals and everybody's, everybody will start making noise saying, why would you crash out an XYZ? But they will remember they were talking about starting all these youth players. Once again, I love Billy Gilmore. I've been on Billy Gilmore train even before I started doing social media. You understand where I'm coming from? I started tweeting about Billy Gilmore, but one of my one of my first hundred tweets had to do with Billy Gilmore. You understand? So at the end of that, I've always been on that train. But it's now the time to put him in. It's now the time to put Kepa in. People are talking about putting Kepa in, but if he makes a critical mistake, are you who are you going to blame? Are you going to blame Tuku or are you going to blame Kepa? You know I'm coming from. So right now, every game should be treated as a final. It should be treated as training for the Champions League because we're actually in a position to do something mad this year in the Champions League. Beat Porto, beat one of uh, Liverpool or Real Madrid, who are very, very bad right now. All those games are sandwiched in between games against West Brom and Sheffield. Now, we need to take every single game from this point onwards seriously. So, of course, Tuchel is going to rotate, but I'm not trying to see too many like Lewis Bay. I mean, I speak to Lewis, and you understand, but at the end of the day, I'm not trying to see all these brothers back in the, in the 11 for no reason, because we have, a, we have a goal, and we can definitely win the FA Cup. Champions League, our chance of winning it has gone up way, way more, and the top four, we need to solidify that. So, too many things at stake right now for us to be making too many changes and getting all these youth players introduced. So that's just how I feel. But to answer your question on Kepa, yeah, I mean, I was quite harsh on Kepa yesterday, one of my streams. But at the end of the day, I just feel like, yeah, if he's going to come in and just going to stay solid and he doesn't get... Because at the end of the day, Chelsea should be good enough to not allow Sheffield United to take a shot on our goal. So as long as none of that is happening, I think we should be good. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Sheffield United is not in the greatest form either. They just lost 5-0 to Leicester. They're having, you know, manager issues. Obviously, Chris Wilder left. Um, so they're not in the best form either, but I wanted to go back to the Champions League real quick because I know Chelsea fans are ecstatic about Porto and yeah. how we got them, right? They're definitely an easier draw, but I think Chelsea fans are seeing this as an automatic win. 
Yeah. Um, and I'm not so sure if that's the case. I feel like Porto, obviously Juventus weren't in the greatest form, but they're yeah. still a solid team, right? And they were able to get past them. So, 100, 100. See, the thing yeah. is, me celebrating Porto isn't me celebrating saying, Raw, we're going to absolutely trump them. I'd back us to trump them, but we need to be on form. That's why I just said we need to treat every game like a final. Every single game from now to the end of the season. Because a lot of Chelsea fans don't realise in May, have you seen our May schedule? If you go to May, if I'm not mistaken, Chelsea have West Ham, then we have Fulham, then we have City, Arsenal, Leicester and Aston Villa. None of those teams are jokeman teams. Obviously, Arsenal are the clown of the circus right now. They are the smallest team in London at the moment. But at the end of the day, for me personally, like we, we can't afford to mess about any sooner. Because during that time period, that would be the semi-final settings as well. So Chelsea Football Club going up against Porto, we should not take them for granted. Absolutely not. Because taking them for granted would take us down a very dark path. And I don't want these Chelsea players to get demoralised by losing the Champions League. So that's why for me... I, that's why initially I put out a video celebrating we got Porto, but I deleted the tweet. It was on like a thousand likes. I said, absolutely not. I deleted the tweet and I said, you know what? Everybody should sit down, be serious about this, clinically dispatch Porto if we can, be very serious in every game we play and keep it moving because that's the only way we're going to be able to do anything important. So, yeah. Let me let me go to Arsenal just for a moment. Obviously, we're a Chelsea podcast. We only talk Chelsea here, but I'm sorry. I have to go to Arsenal. We're in the US, obviously, um, as you yeah. know, but... We're lucky enough to be surrounded by football fans, um, but sadly, w- there we have a lot of Arsenal fans that are our friends, and yeah. I, I have to log on to Instagram, and I get to see London is red when they're beating Tottenham 2-1, and I'm like, what are you talking about right now? Uh, our best friend, our best friend Will is an Arsenal fan, and you have no idea how much he gets on top of us. They, they, they beat a random team. In the uh, and I'm not gonna say like the Europa League's like a random. T- I mean, it's you know the, it's the Europa League, but it, bro, it's just- say how it is. They are a random bunch of Harry Potter spells. That's what they are in the Europa League. So let's not even <laughs> let's not even you know. What I mean, go on. Fam. No, I was just gonna say. I mean, just just your thoughts on the Arsenal and the Arsenal fans. I mean, it's just ah, it, it, it the the ones that we are friends with. They're so toxic, and I just it's it's hard. It's so hard. Arsenal Arsenal fans, yeah, they're like old parents who just keep reminiscing in the past. That's what all Arsenal fans are. They have nothing relevant and current that they can talk about. Yeah, they beat Chelsea in the FA Cup final. And that really stings, you understand? I know that's something they can bring up, but they're a failing institution. Obviously, Arteta, I mean, I rated him a little bit and obviously a lot of people want him out at Arsenal, but I think he's got something there. But as of right now, Chelsea are bombastically clear of them lot. It's not even up for competition, like... Arsenal fans getting loud about beating Tottenham and moving from 10th to 10th is absolutely embarrassing. Extremely embarrassing. Exceptionally embarrassing. So that's just how I see the whole situation of Arsenal. They are not a serious team right now, but hey, you should wish, like I keep saying, even when we go up against them later down the year, we should take it seriously. And obviously Spurs, they lost to Zagreb in the in the Europa League as well. What's going like it seems like all our London rivals um are kind of going down a very dark path. Because they are not as well run as Chelsea Football Club. I was speaking to some Tottenham fans on Clubhouse. I don't know if you guys know what that is. But I was speaking to some Tottenham fans on Clubhouse. And at the end of the day, they said Tottenham are a very well run club. But yo, you've got Dino Mourinho in your team. You understand with his ancient tactics and all that. Trying to be super negative. This is why I keep telling people like, see the difference between Chelsea and Tottenham. Tottenham went into that game thinking they could just defend their way to this next leg. And Arsenal did the same thing with Olympiacos. They lost as well. But Chelsea... Obviously, we're 1-0 up. We didn't go to Atletico Madrid and be like, Raw, we're going to defend this and sit back and try and hit them on the counter. We went there and played football. 
We went there and played football. When our team was failing, we had to cut ties with one of the greatest players, arguably the greatest player to play for Chelsea. We had to cut ties with that person as our manager. Juventus are out there. They kept, um, they've kept Perlo. You've got Man United keeping social. There's a difference in structure. And those London teams do not have that. There's a reason why Chelsea have been the most successful club in England over the last two decades. Is it the last two decades or the last 15 years? But at the end of the day, well, there's a reason why we've got that as well. And there's a reason why City have gone so far too. Because they're actually well-managed football clubs. Arsenal and Tottenham are not excellently managed. They're not left, managed to the level where they can win trophies consistently. Chelsea Football Club don't go more than two years without a trophy. Fact check that. Maybe this season might be different if we don't win the FA Cup. But ever since Roman Abramovich took over, we've not gone more than two seasons without winning a trophy. Under a bad season, remember 2015-2016? One of our worst seasons ever. The next season, we won the Premier League. And the season after, when Conte was bad, we still won an FA Cup. Then even when Sarri came in and was bad, we won the Europa League. So Chelsea are consistently winning, bro. Consistently winning. And that's something Arsenal and Tottenham do not have. So uh, I know you're friendly with Jay. So yeah, we had Jay McIntosh on last week. I mentioned it like earlier and we asked him about VAR and Alex, I think asked him specifically saying how uh, it was the Werner goal, right? And if like, if his toe was a little bit smaller then it would have been onside. Um, and, yeah. and basically we were talking about that and Alex was saying, you know, he doesn't like the, how VAR has been implemented and all of that. And Jay actually came back and said, he actually likes it. He just thinks that it's, you know, I forget what he said exactly, Alex. He said it, he wished it was like a little better or something like that. I mean, what's your thoughts on VAR? VAR is something we need to isolate. <laughs> the virtual assistant referee, yeah. VAR, whatever I call it. I don't even know if that's the abbreviation or not. But VAR, we should keep as an item. Think about it like this. You can have a laptop, okay? And your laptop can be really good. But if you get like a bad programmer to use a good laptop, you don't mean the lap. It's not going to be worth. It's not going to be worth anything. The referees and the rules that are employing VAR right now, they are most of them are crap. I'm sorry to say, most of them are crap. VAR for me, as a system, is something that can work if it's used efficiently. But right now, the way things are being done is actually irritated. Remember last season, Manchester City and was it Tottenham or whatever it was? And when Tottenham got to the final, was it last season or season before? VAR messed up Ryan Sterling. Why did they do that? Everybody in the stadium was celebrating and they just cut off the whole thing. It kills the vibe of football, especially if you've been to a stadium. Imagine VAR killing all the celebrations. It spoils so many things, so they need to use it properly. The only way this thing can actually be used efficiently is, like they said, clear and obvious. You've got Timo Werner, whose elbow is offside. You understand? Literally, his arm or whatever is offside. But then you can't score with your arm, but apparently that's offside. And then you've now got Kai Havertz controlling with his el- with his shoulder and apparently that's a that's it that, that's a thing. Like make up your minds, make up your minds. How can one be a VAR call and the other isn't? So literally for me, the system is good. The system is good. The technology is good. But the people using it are straight trash. That's just how it is. Yeah, that's kind of how I tend to feel as well. It's a good idea if, because it's not vir- You know, as VAR stands for, it's not a virtual assistant referee, right? It's not like a robot. It's it's another human sitting behind you know a whole bunch of screens deciding things and we know the humans because they're the same ones we see on the pitch refereeing all the time and they're not always the best so I I feel like I agree it Mm. also I think VAR has shown the rules and how you know messed up some of the rules are um and how they need to change so in that for that reason I guess it's been helpful but besides that I don't really see you know as of right now it's not helping anyone unless you know the rules change and the people behind it change Mm. 
Yeah, I agree in it. Do you know what I mean? It just need to improve. The rules are not that good. Do you know what I mean? They need to fix up on the rules. That's all it is, really. Because and the referees, I can't. I mean, as much as we drag referees to the rules, can be confusing. Do you know what I mean? They say clear and obvious. You need to give examples of that. They need to be a little bit better. Do you know what I mean? And also as well, like the referees too. I'm not going to draw the blame away for them. How many English referees do you see managing the UEFA Champions League or in the pre- Europe in the in Euros or in the World Cup? Not many, because most of them are trash. They need to fix up. That's just how it is. Which, uh, I mean, I think there's an obvious one, but which um, UEFA Champions League quarterfinal are you looking towards? I'm sure it's Bayern PSG, but I want to get your thoughts on it. I want to, I'm looking forward to Chelsea Porto, bro. Do you know what I mean? Everybody else is going to be on the back burners. You know, I'm coming from everybody's going to be on the back burners. Every single one of the other ones. Obviously, I'm going to check out the other games. You know what I mean? I mean, Real Madrid, Liverpool. I'll be watching the opponents, but they're going to be on playback. They're not going to be getting my... T- People are talking about they're going to watch Chelsea's game and they have the other games on the other side. Absolutely not. I'm focusing on that Chelsea game because that game is extremely important. People don't forget, seven years they were last in the, in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. That is big. Literally, Chelsea have four games away from a final, fam. In the Champions League, bruv. When was the last time we got to a Champions League final? 2012. That was like, what, almost 10 years ago? Raw. I was, t- I, I just got into high school, fam. What are we talking about? No, 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 no. I'm going to be watching this game 100% looking at that. Do you know what I mean? PSG, Barcelona, Dortmund and City, they can do what they want to do in their block. You understand? They can do what they're doing on that corner. Whatever they want to do there, I don't care if it's Dortmund beating City or Bayern beating people. Whatever happens there happens, isn't it? I'm happy they put all the big, the biggest four boys over there to deal with what they're dealing with, and then they put all the smaller. I won't call us smaller fish per se, but true say Liverpool, Real Madrid. Um, I mean, what the lesser teams as of right now. That's that's just how it is. So I'm glad they put all of us in a separate part as well. So it'll be interesting to see in it. But 100% concentrate on the Chelsea game. I'll check out the other ones as well, the highlights and whatnot. Um, just going back real quick to Arsenal, obviously they they seem very confident when I'm listening to them talking about them getting all the way to the Europa League final. Um, and obviously it's kind of them and Manchester United who are the favorites. Obviously with the whole top four thing, I think you want Manchester United to win because Arsenal obviously doesn't look like they're going to finish in the top four. So I think there's the right, you need like top three, I believe there's a, um, I'm not sure if you've heard about this, but like if a team outside of the top four gets Champions League football, like if they win the Europa League, I think because there's only four spots or five spots, I believe. I believe it's five, isn't it? So the thing is, Chelsea yeah. Chelsea Football Club should be making sure that they even number one because I want to. I don't want to finish fourth. I hate that fourth thing. You understand? When Chelsea finished fourth last season, I celebrated for two hours. Check my tweets today after I said, I don't want to catch anybody celebrating fourth place. That's not what we do at this club. We're not Arsenal. You understand? We don't celebrate fourth place. We do not celebrate fourth place. Repeat, say it with me. Chelsea Football Club, don't celebrate fourth place. We don't do that. You understand? So at the end of the day, literally, we just got to look at the whole situation and try and secure like a top three finish. But yeah, if somebody, if United or something ends up winning the Europa League and let's say someone that's not Chelsea, that's in the Premier League winning the thing, that's not Manchester City, like a Liverpool, for example, which is highly unlikely. I don't think any Liverpool fans are going to be booking flights to Istanbul. But at the end of the day, there are all those different elements in the thing. So I want us to make sure we're clear with that. But yeah, I believe is top three and then the two winners of those other things in it. Assuming it's Liverpool and like... Because truth say, Arsenal, I don't think they're going to win the Europa League. Absolutely not. And I don't think that Liverpool are going to win the Champions League. Those two teams are the only ones that are outside the top four. So, Man United are in the top four. They will be finishing top four. And City are definitely finishing top four. So, I don't think it's made too much of a difference. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think it's just something to take into consideration that like we already talked about this, we we can wrap we can wrap the Arsenal, Manchester United, uh, Tottenham stuff. We're the best team in London right now. Come on, there there's no 
team better than us in London right now. Um, you can talk about Man City, obviously. They're not, you know, in the Premier League, sure, that's fine. But um, what what team are you repping right now in the in the World Cup qualifiers? Who are you going for? World Cup qualifiers. I mean, I'm, I mean, I go, go I'm, I'm repping, I mean, I'll rep the home. I don't know if Nigeria qualify for that as well. I'm not, I need to check in it. But I'll be repping Nigeria and England. You know what I mean? That's what will be on still. So, yeah. Who are you guys repping? Sadly. <laughs> Sadly, I mean, we hate to well because we hate to say the U.S. of A. But yeah, I mean, obviously, we we get eliminated from the from the World Cup by Trinidad and Tobago, and then now we're here. We're sitting with Christian Pulisic as our best player and hoping that something will happen. The thing is, though, they they have talent. They have talent. I mean, we're we're seeing um, what's his name from Juventus, Alex. Yeah, I mean, Weston McKinney, got Gio Reyna. I mean, there's definitely some uh, uh, Serginho Dest from Barcelona. He's been looking really good when I've watched their games. But, yeah, it's just there's not a lot of players there that are. I, I don't think they're also overhyped, obviously, by the American audience. You know, I don't think Gio Reyna is as good as people are saying he is. Um, I don't think Weston McKinney's as good as people are saying he is. I don't know. Do you have any opinion on any of these American players? I mean, I think the American players, like, they're, a lot of people say they're overhyped and have that. I mean, yeah, they're obviously going to be overhyped because America, you guys call it soccer, for God's sake. It's not even football, you might call it up there. So, like, literally, people, whenever there are few talents that can play play football, they're going to be pushed very highly. Do you understand? There's the Altidore, mm-hmm. Matt Miazga, Christian Pulisic, the flag boy for the whole American um, football team. Do you know what I'm saying? So, at the end of the day, like, we've just got to look at it like that. Do you know what I mean? It's expected. It's the same way they hype English talent in the UK. It's just... People are going to hype their local people. That's just the way things are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, just to wrap it up, I'll ask you one more final question. Um, if we don't talk to you before, hopefully hopefully we can have you on again before the end of the season. But if we don't, where is Chelsea going to end up? And Are we going to end up in that top four? Where are we going to end up in the Premier League? And your Champions League, go ahead. Champions League, you know what? A lot of people, like, see, when you get on all these other guests, they come on and give you, like, PR answers. They act like Sky Sports pundits. They act like they do stuff for talk sport. Obviously, if talk sports, Sky Sports on the holler me, say less. You might have my number, fam. You got my email. You got my Twitter. I'll get into my contacts. We'll do business. By the end of the day, I'm no pundit. So I'm going to tell you what I think. Chelsea Football Club are in very good position to get to the finals of that Champions League. You understand? We are in very, very good position to get there. If Chelsea Football Club can act... Because if you look at the situation we're at, we can be beating Porto. If we're serious, we beat Porto. You've got Liverpool and Real Madrid, two falling giants. Real Madrid right now, these men are wounded dog. You understand? They don't have anybody up front that can really score goals. And Chelsea are good at defending. So if we step correctly, we can beat Real Madrid. And we can also beat Liverpool as well. We've beaten Liverpool already this season. So it's something that can definitely happen. I know Champions League form and all those things are different, but we can definitely beat them. So for me, I would like to see us in the final. Obviously, in the final, anything else can happen. Do you understand where I'm coming from? I'm not going to say we're going to win the Champions League. I would back us to win it. Do you understand? I would back us to win it. But I'm not going to come out here and say that final for me. FA Cup, we should be winning that. Do you understand? Obviously, you've got Man City in the court as well. But Man City, Chelsea, that would be an interesting tie. Do you know what I'm It would be a very interesting tie. And I hope we can end up beating them. So, obviously, the final of the FA Cup is another thing. But FA Cup is something I definitely want to win. And in the Premier League, we should be finishing third, minimum. We should be finishing third minimum right now. As of right now, Leicester United are like, what, five and six points respectively ahead of us. You've got West Ham with a game in hand. These men are still not going to be able to catch up to us. So Chelsea right now can be in the position to do finish the season very strong. We can finish the season with a title. That's what I'm going to come out here and say. We can finish with two titles, for God's sake. So, yeah, I'd back us to do all those different things, in it. But just to wrap up very sweetly on my point, Chelsea, third place or second, potentially, because that's still very doable. 
FA Cup title and potentially Champions League title as well. So, yeah. There you go. There you go. Subscribe to The Grand Dam on YouTube and follow him on Twitter by the same name at The Grand Dam. Um, while you're on Twitter, go follow us at Talking Blues Pod. And that'll do it for this episode of Talking Blues. We really appreciate you listening. And we'll catch you for another episode next week. We'll be recapping the Sheffield uh, Chelsea game. And obviously, like you said, Dan, we'll, we'll, we'll be winning the uh, FA Cup. Definitely. It's going to happen. But we'll see you next time for another episode. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.